What's up guys, this is Taking the Field with Stevie Mac and on this episode we're counting down the hours now to the week one in Premier Lacrosse League action. So on this episode I've got your week one storylines, we'll talk about matchups, players being left off 25 man rosters, etc. Now a quick note on that though for this episode, this episode is being recorded prior to the release of the 19 man game day rosters from the PLL club. So some things on this episode may be subject to change due to that, but we'll also get into the PLL player Royale. That's PLL fantasy lacrosse. We'll talk about that a little bit later, and then we'll finish off the show doing something that we did last season. We'll get the picks in the mix, the week one PLL picks. It's me against the Twitter polls, just like we did the last couple of years. So to jump right in here in segment one, some week one storylines to look ahead to again. We are just hours away now counting down to the start of the PLL season. The first is that ESPN announced Thursday the broadcasters for the 2022 season, and there's actually quite a few, a lot more than I actually anticipated going into the announcement, but that list did include Ryan Boyle back as one of the color commentators for this season in the PLL. Anish Sharoff, Jay Alter, Chris Cotter, Drew Carter, and Barstool's Jake Marsh all being named as the play-by-play broadcasters in that respect and it'll be interesting like I said there's several names on this list of broadcasters it goes play-by-play color and reporters as well and I didn't name obviously all of them here but you can check out the full list of broadcasters on ESPN PR on Twitter but it'll be interesting to see how they rotate these announcers and who gets paired with who on the broadcast but I think it's safe to say that Anish will be staying with uh, Quint Kesnick and Paul Carcaterra as that trio worked the ESPN broadcasts for college lacrosse all season long and they are also the voices of Memorial Day and the championship game on the men's side. So again, like I said, for the full list of broadcasters this summer in the PLL, you can check out ESPN PR on Twitter. My second thing is the players cut from the 25-man rosters, which was announced at the end of training camp earlier this week. Again, this episode being recorded prior to the 19-man game day rosters being announced, so keep that in mind. But it was interesting, after the initial 25-man rosters were announced, uh, The fact that some people on lacrosse Twitter were talking about how you could almost make an entire team just off the guys that were cut from those training camp rosters. And just to go down the list of some of the more notable players, I think that got cut from these PLL rosters, the Atlas cut Andrew Newbold and Mark Cockerton, Cockerton being sort of a casualty of having guys like Teat, Gray, and Caraway at attack, so he's the one that gets pushed out from that group. The Archers let go of Ryan McNamara, a guy that played some minutes in their midfield a year ago and was relatively productive for that group. The Chaos released Mike Adler, the Chrome, letting go of John Madursky and Randy Stotts. Stotts probably easily the biggest name on that list of cuts from training camp. Many believe that sooner rather than later, he will find his way to another PLL club. The Cannons releasing Jamie Trimboli and Reese Eddy to the player pool. 
the Redwoods letting go of Pat Harbison and Charlie Leonard, the Whipsnakes cutting Matt Abbott, and the Waterdogs released Jason Reynolds, one of two drafted rookies to not make a 25-man roster. The other was Kevin Lindley, the last pick in the draft to the Chaos. And my final storyline for week one is really just the matchups in general, kind of giving a one-liner something to look at for each matchup. With the Whipsnakes and the Chaos getting things started the first game of the year on Saturday in a rematch of that 2021 championship game, and on top of that, this is probably the biggest, if not one of the biggest, rivalries in the PLL between the Whipsnakes and the Chaos, and the question that I'll be looking at in this game is what does the chaos offense look like with the majority of their household names on that end of the field still playing in the NLL championships? They have a lot of different faces on that side, but also, as I mentioned in last week's episode, they still have Blaze Reardon in the cage and they still have his entire defensive unit there in front of him as well. So they'll be plenty good on that side of the field. The Atlas and the Redwoods in game two on Saturday. My question is, who is going to start in the goal for the Atlas? Obviously, Jack and Cannon was the starter last year prior to injury. J.D. Colarusso came in and helped bring this team to the number two seed in the PLL postseason getting them that playoff win against the Cannons, did really well and then shows up to training camp this year and by many accounts that I saw on Twitter had a great camp this year as well. So it'll be interesting to see who gets the nod on Saturday afternoon in that game against the Redwoods. And then we'll also get to see Jake Carraway most likely coming from the box with the starting attack of Eric Law, Jeff Teat, and Chris Gray. And we'll get to see the 2022 edition of the Atlas family style of lacrosse so obviously for me as an atlas fan those are some things that in that game specifically i'm really looking forward to and then i think the matchup of the weekend the, the player matchup of the weekend comes at the stripe in this game between td erlin and trevor baptiste and, and we'll get into a little bit more of that matchup in segment two talking some player royale fantasy lacrosse in segment two uh, and we'll also think, I think we'll also see uh, Jules Henningberg possibly matched up with a shorty. I mean, you talk about that Redwoods midfield with guys like Henningberg, Perkovic, Miles Jones, and now Nakai Montgomery. Who gets the shorty matchups in that midfield will be interesting to see. And I would venture to guess that Henningberg might be one of them. The Water Dogs and the Cannons in the first game on Sunday. No Dylan Ward for the Water Dogs as he's still in the NLL playoffs. Jake Withers will probably win his matchup at the stripe in that game, although the Cannons with a retooled faceoff unit this year, but still struggled heavily in that regard a year ago. So that'll be a matchup worth watching for. And also Lyle Thompson is healthy to start this season, was banged up a bit last year, but is healthy now. But how often will he in this Cannon's offense have the ball against this really tough, stingy Water Dogs defense, regardless of who's in the cage for that Water Dogs defensive unit. Uh, and then the final game in week one, the Chrome and the Archers. 
The Chrome, I think, are a rebuilt team, and they have a really good young core on offense that I don't think is getting enough attention. I don't think enough people are talking about some of those young players they have on the offensive side, especially now with number one overall pick, Logan Wisnowskis. And I think the Archers obviously will be without their quarterback at X in Grant Amon for that game. He's out week one with an injury, and he'll possibly be missing from that Archer's offense that will be going up against quite possibly a defense with long poles running out there, such as Eli Salama, Jesse Bernhardt, JT Giles Harris, and Nick Grill uh, at pole for the Chrome defense this weekend. And, and like I said, top of the show, this episode's being recorded prior to the 19-man active rosters being released, so some some changes might be there for the Chrome defense, but at least if I had to guess at who they might run out there at poll this weekend, it would have to be some sort of combination of that unit. So coming up in segment two, as I said, we'll get into some PLL Player Royale that's fantasy lacrosse in the Premier Lacrosse League, but you're listening to Taking the Field with Stevie Mack. Welcome back. Segment two of Taking the Field with Stevie Mack. Counting down to the opening weekend in the Premier Lacrosse League here. Week one in Albany. Talking some PLL Player Royale Fantasy Lacrosse here in segment two. In the past, we had seen Fantasy Lacrosse versions, including most notably, I would say, Flow Fantasy Inc. Had a version of Fantasy Lacrosse here the past few years, and... For the most part, I think it was a a solid attempt, but it definitely had its issues. I mean, I know talking to guys last year on Twitter about their experience, especially with the draft process of fantasy lacrosse a year ago, they had a lot of issues uh, drafting their teams. Many even went as far as cutting their drafts short because of a lot of the logistics issues that they had there and some of the the platform issues that were involved there. So just a good attempt, I would say, but definitely had some issues to be worked out. Well, now the PLL gets involved, gets their hand in fantasy lacrosse and brings us their version of it with player Royale and how it works is it's on the PLL apps. You can go to the app store and download the PLL app in order to play and players are broken down into tiers one, two, and three. You pick one player per position, so one attack, a midi, a defender, face-off, and a goalie, and you pick two Tier 1 players and two Tier 2 players, and then your last one goes to a Tier 3 player. So for an example, what I went with here in Week 1, my lineup was Jeff Teat as a Tier 1 attackman, I picked Jules Henningberg as a Tier 2 midi, Michael Rexrode as a Tier 2 defender. Jake Withers, I thought, was a great value as a Tier 3 face-off. And then Blaze Reardon was my other Tier 1 pick at goalie. So just to give a little bit of a, a reasoning behind some of the picks I made, I really like Jeff Teat. He was the best attackman available in Player Royale, so I obviously went with him, I think, even going up against a really 
hard-hitting, stout Redwoods defense this weekend. He's going to be one of the more productive members of that Atlas offense. And again, when you talk about family style, he's going to be involved. He's going to get his goals, but he's also going to get other people involved as well. So I think he was a really good pick there at attack. Jules Henningberg, as I mentioned in segment one, I would guess that he may draw a short stick matchup, whether it be with Danny Logan, Peter Durth, or Jake Richard, whoever it may end up being. But I do think he may draw a short stick matchup. And I like his ability to invert to X, carry that short stick matchup with him to X, and then make things happen from there. So I really liked him as a tier two midi uh, and some of the value that he provided there. Michael Rexrode, I liked as my defender as a tier two defender, because I think when you look at this Atlas close defense and you look at the matchup that they're going to have with the Red Woods attack, I wouldn't doubt that Rex Road is going to get the the Redwoods third attackman, whether that's uh, Mitch Bartolo or if that's Ryder Garnsey. And I do like his ability to match up with either of those guys. Do I think he's going to dominate that matchup? Not necessarily, but I do think he's going to to match up well with whichever one he does get put on. Jake Withers, I took it face off because obviously at this point, I've already got a tier one player. I've got both my tier two players already picked, so I need to go tier three. Could have gone a tier one guy here, but again, I saw the value in a tier three guy like Jake Withers because both TD Erland and Trevor Baptiste were rated tier one players. So obviously, like I said, I could have gone with either of those and a lot of people did. And I don't think you can necessarily be wrong with either one of those picks. However, the reason I went with Withers rather than one of those two is because I feel like while that will be sort of the matchup to watch this weekend in the PLL, I feel like in a way they're going to sort of cancel each other out, be about 50-50 at the stripe. Whereas Withers, I think, has more of an opportunity against the cannons to really dominate that matchup and you can see him go 60 65 percent in that matchup quite possibly so again that's where I saw that value as a tier three face-off and then obviously when you have another tier one spot open you're looking at goalie blaze Reardon is one of the more obvious choices to go with there uh, going up against a tough team offensively in the Whip Snakes, they do have a healthy Matt Rambo this weekend. No Zed Williams, obviously, because of the NLL championship, but still a loaded Whip Snakes offense. And obviously, Rambo is always the difference maker with that Whip Snakes offensive unit. But obviously, Blaze Reardon as well is going to rack up the saves. It's just who he is, makes a lot of ridiculous saves. So, again, having a guy like that in your lineup definitely adds a a ton of value. So one thing that'll be interesting with the way that the PLL is doing this fantasy lacrosse with player Royale is you'll start to see sort of how certain people pick their lineups and sort of the strategy involved with picking some of these players as I just laid out my strategy for, for picking my five players. And so I asked the question on the PLL Discord and got a couple of responses and they were both I would say completely different responses, which I thought was actually kind of great. So one person said that they drafted based on player matchups, which is kind of similar to the way I did it. I went with matchups and best value for the given tier, whether it was tier one, two, or three. And another person said that they went with the best player available at each position or tier. So obviously they'd be targeting guys like a Jeff Teat as that top 
attackmen overall in that first tier or maybe whoever the best number you know best tier two midfielder wasn't and so on and so on so I do think it'll be interesting to see how others draft and and what their strategy is going week to week because that is the other thing about PLL player Royale is you're not locked in to the same five players every single week it it resets every week to where you can pick a totally new lineup if you so choose to do so however you still could I would imagine take Jeff Teat, Jules Henningberg, Michael Rexrode, uh, Jake Withers, Blaze Reardon. And if I wanted to go with those same five guys every single week throughout the, the regular season, I, I believe I could do so. But you can also have the flexibility and the freedom to pick a whole new lineup each and every week. So that's why I think it'll be interesting to see how people go about judging that talent at each tier and picking sort of the best matchups or the best players at each tier available. So coming up, segment three, final segment of Taking the Field with CB Mac. We'll get your thoughts in the mix here on week one in the Premier Lacrosse League. We'll also get to, as I mentioned, top of the show, the week one picks in the PLL. You're listening to Taking the Field with Stevie Mack. Final segment of the show leading into week one in the Premier Lacrosse League out in Albany. We'll get your thoughts in the mix on week one in just a minute. We'll get to the picks here to start out segment three. I went on Twitter at Stevie Mac Media is my Twitter handle. And we put out some Twitter polls on each individual matchup here in week one of the PLL to see who you guys think would come away with the win in each game. I also have my picks as well. So similar as we've done in years past, it'll be my picks versus the Twitter polls. We'll keep that running tally all season long and see how things shake out when the regular season concludes. So the first game of the weekend to kick things off here in 2022 in the PLL, the Whipsnakes and the Chaos, we talked top of the show. That's a repeat of last year's championship game and also probably one of the bigger rivalries, if not the biggest rivalry in the PLL. I'm going to go with the Whipsnakes here because I think even though there's no Zed Williams for them on offense, and the Chaos has Blaze, Reardon, and their full complement of defensive players on that half of the field. I still think, and I think I alluded to this in segment one as well, the Whipsnakes do have Rambo, and he's always sort of that difference maker. He's got that clutch factor in him. So anytime he's on the field and healthy, which he is, it's really hard to count out the Whipsnakes. But the polls with 66% of the vote went with the Chaos, so a split there between the two. Again, I've got the Whipsnakes, and the Poles will take the Chaos. The Redwoods in the Atlas Game 2 on Saturday. I've got the Atlas. I think that this game could definitely hit the over on 24.5 points with the firepower that both these offenses possess. And I also, like I said in segment one, heard that J.D. Cole Russo did really well in training camp for the Atlas, so I'll be interested to see who starts in the cage for the Atlas. But again, I think this could be one of the more electric games of the weekend. So I've got the Atlas and the polls will take the Redwoods with a hundred percent of the vote. So obviously we're a little bit split 
on that one. Game one on Sunday, the Water Dogs and the Cannons. I've got the Water Dogs here. I think even though there's no Dylan Ward for the Water Dogs in this game, they still have everything they need on defense, similar to the situation with the Chaos right now. They have everything they need on defense right now. But back to the Water Dogs. Uh, and I think that having that in front of either Matt DeLuca or Jacob Stover, who will get the start in cage this weekend in replacing Dylan Ward, I think either one of them can really be more than serviceable in that role, especially, like I said, with what they'll have working in front of them on defense. And I think it'll also be interesting to see the Cannons offense against that tough Water Dogs defense after reports were coming out during the scrimmages earlier this week saying that the Cannons offense kind of looked out of sorts during their scrimmage in training camp. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out now that the games definitely matter, now that it's putting your record on the line here in week one. So it'll be interesting to see how their offense and Lyle Thompson come out against that water dogs defense. The polls as well took the water dogs with 80, 80%, excuse me, of the votes. And then the final game in week one of the PLL, the Chrome and the archers, this is going to be my upset for the week. Every week during the regular season, I'll try to take one underdog each week just to kind of make things interesting. So my my pick for this game is the Chrome. They're my underdog for the week. No Grant Amon at attack for the Archers. And I think a healthy Chrome defense with young guys like Kevin Rogers, Jackson Morrill, Logan Wisnowskis, and Cole Williams on the offensive side. I mentioned earlier in the show that they have that young offensive core like I just named that I don't think enough people are talking about going into this season. So I think when you factor in no Amon on one side for the Archers and some of those young studs on the other side offensively for the chrome i think that the chrome could be the upset of the week but the polls disagree with me they took the archers not by much though a 55 percent of the vote there so a close one probably the closest poll of the week in the PLL. So those are the picks. Get your thoughts in the mix here to round out the show. Again, at Stevie Mac Media is my Twitter for all show and PLL related content and topics. Uh, from Twitter, Jackson Paul Gavin said, with no aiming, I think Chrome can pull an upset, especially if Wiz, talking about Logan Wisnowskis, is able to play it. And yeah, that's what I said just a moment ago in regards to my pick taking the Chrome is that when you don't have that quarterback at attack like Amon on one side, and then you talk about the players like Logan Wisnowskis, like Kevin Rogers, Jackson Morrill, et cetera, et cetera, on the other end for the Chrome, I definitely think that has the makings of a potential upset. Coach Shrek, obviously, as we now have seen in the past, always has to bring it. Uh, so he has a couple things here. Uh, all in response to my question at the top of the show about those week one storylines, he says, number one, with less than a week of practices together, how will the PLL rookies mesh together with the vets on game day? And, and that's something that I think we can we can look at every year that first week or two of the regular season is how do these young guys come in, not only mesh with the veterans on the roster, but how do the, the rookies and the young guys mesh with each other, right? Cause you only get training camp for what is it? Three, four days 
in total, you play one scrimmage and that's all she wrote. So yeah, you do have such a short amount of time to be able to come in, create this bond with each other, gel as a team and really create that chemistry. And I think the teams that are better able to do that from the jump, get a better start to their season. So that's where you'll see a team like the Atlas, who is a young, but now sort of experienced team with what they had a year ago. You'll start to see them have a better start to this year than what we saw a year ago number two he says how will the chaos offense look with most of their star offensive players still in the nll playoffs and yeah that's something that was again one of those storylines going into week one is you know what they're going to have on the defensive side of the field they have everything they need on that side but the question mark is going to be that offensive side with what they're replacing from those guys that are still playing in the nll championship and if, if we can count on one thing, it's that Andy Towers knows what he's doing. He knows the players that he needs to be able to run his offense the way it needs to be run. So you can always count on, I think, his ability to manage that roster and manage some of that production being lost to the NLL. So I, I do think that they will have enough to at least hang around with the Whip Snakes this weekend, even though I took the Whip Snakes as my pick in that game. Number three says, with no Grant Amon on attack for the Archers this weekend, who will handle and distribute the ball? Could we see Tom Schreiber at attack? So yeah, kind of going back to what I said in that response to Jackson earlier, it definitely hurts not having a guy like Amon at attack, and I do think that the Chrome will have an opportunity for that week one upset this weekend. Uh, and as far as what he says about Tom Schreiber at attack, yeah, he did start, I believe I saw, at attack during their scrimmage and training camp. I believe it was Schreiber, Matt Moore, and Marcus Holman was what they ran out there at attack with Will Manny coming from the box. Uh, if memory serves me correctly. So yeah, I do think that this this Archer's offense could look a little different than what we're used to, but explosive nonetheless. And then lastly, he says, Cannons have three face-off guys listed on their roster. Who is going to step up and be their number one face-off guy? And that is, going back to that matchup between the Cannons and the Water Dogs, that is one of the reasons why I took Jake Withers as my face-off guy in PLL player Royale is because I want to see what the cannons have done with that face-off unit compared to a year ago where they finished dead last in the league in face-off percentage. I want to see that they've put the resources, the time and resources into getting that position where it needs to be, where if you can just win a few more face-offs, you can get a few more stops defensively. You get that ball to your offense and you get that ball to Lyle Thompson a few more times a game. How differently even last season could have gone for them with some of those one goal setbacks that they suffered and now trying to prevent a, a second go around of that really this year. So that'll do it for this episode of Taking the Field with Stevie Mack. Make sure to like, comment, and share on this post as we head into week one in the PLL season. You can find the podcast just about everywhere you get your podcasts, including Google, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, just to name a few again, just about anywhere you get your podcast. But that'll do it for me. I'll talk to you guys later.